Hester and her cabal of co-hosts are not doctors, lawyers, or licensed professionals of any kind, and their advice should not be used as a substitute for consulting any of those. The advice offered on We Should Split Up is for entertainment purposes only. Enjoy the show, ghoulies! Delivery for Hester Doyle. Norm, the aggressively normal postman. It's so good to see you again. It's good to see you, too. All the way at uh, episode 10, I see? That's quite a way. That's almost... 13, I know. So, so are you afraid? Of the prophecy that states that every advice columnist for Salem Cove gets abducted by a beast from the sea on her 13th episode? Yes, Thank you for recapping for new listeners. I'm not afraid. I have a plan. But for now, I want to see what's in the mail. Oh, there's quite a lot today. Yeah, I had to make a special trip just for you. There's too much in the truck to fit anyone else's mail in there. Oh my, that one box is quite large. It's a 250-gallon aquarium. I looked. Are you supposed to do that? We've been having an issue lately with people mailing cursed statuary, so I'm allowed to look inside any package over 50 pounds before I put it in the truck. Here, it came with a card. Dear Hester, I see there is no way to talk you out of your stubborn insistence on throwing yourself into danger, despite how much it may damage our town's Halloween plans. I now see no recourse but to help you prepare for the worst. Perhaps this aquarium will allow you to take some shore leave with your captor in time to ensure you may still play your part in our Samhain tradition. If I cannot prevent you from ruining your life, at the very least I can mitigate the ruination your actions threaten upon the town, as is my duly elected duty. Respectfully yours, Mayor Caroline. P.S. Primaries are August 30th, but you may place your absentee ballot now and closed. Oh, no! This CB stuff doesn't mean you're going to miss Halloween, does it? I have every intention of celebrating the most important holiday of the year in exactly the manner I want to. What else have you got for me today? Uh, well, these were up in the front seat with me. I didn't want to get them crushed under the aquarium. Flowers! Oh, who's sending me all these... Funerary arrangements? Audrey's flower shop had a sale this week, and I guess folks wanted to get ahead of the curve. Dear Hester, the advice was great while it lasted. Fondly, Eric the Urban Legend. Dear Hester, this is why the last Agouliant only did one episode per year. Fondly, the Salem Cove Library Association. P.S. You owe us five dollars. Mm, they are aggressive. Well, the sentiments are... Okay. Whoa, what's that other big one? All the way from Australia. Ooh, it must be from Sloan. A scuba suit in gear? Dear Hester, I thought you'd need this. Good luck with your investigation. Love, Sloan. I mean, you have three episodes left. It wouldn't hurt to practice out in the marsh a little bit. I wouldn't dream of disturbing Eric's home like that. No, I've been doing some investigation, consulting my oracles, and digging through a few ancient tomes. Is that why you owe the library $5? No, that was a DVD of Julia Child's The French Chef I forgot to return 15 years ago. They will not let it go. So, you're still going to give advice? Why don't you join me for some right now? After all, it's time for this week's episode of We Should Split Up, Frightful Advice for Spooky People. Bye.
tips for moving out for the first time. I'm 20 and I really want to move out of my family's house. I have a shit relationship with my parents and I need to be out on my own for a variety of reasons. I would like to know what tips or advice you would recommend on saving, planning, etc. to move out when you're as young as me. I work part-time in retail and I go to school. I'd like an apartment, but at this point all I want is my own room and bathroom. I notice apartments are expensive and not a lot of people rent rooms in my area. And I want to stay in this city for school, work, and my boyfriend. Signed, here I go again on my own. Well, congratulations on uh, getting ready for your first step out into the world independently. That's pretty cool stuff. Um, and I think that the, the biggest thing that you need to keep in mind, especially if your worries are financial, is uh, save up your deposit, a month's rent, and then another month's rent. You're going to run into some expenses that you don't anticipate, and the best way to move forward is not to do it the instant you have the exact amount of money you need, no more or no less, but when you have a little safety net on top of that, um, because that's really thinking in terms of cash flow, not income. Um, as Once you start paying your own rent and bills, you're going to discover that uh, the actual total amount of money that you make is actually not quite as important as when you get it. For example, if you get your paycheck every other week and rent is due on the off week, you're going to need a buffer to cover it until your next check. So I think that's your first step is uh, whatever minimum amount you have in your head. I'm not saying you'll never make enough to get out there, but just uh, maybe take half of that and add it on top. I think that's a very good, uh, very good uh, place to start. It certainly is probably the first thing you should be doing is making sure that you are liquid enough in order to do this. The second thing I would I would recommend is, y yes, it would be wonderful to have your own apartment and certainly, you know, at the very least, have your own bedroom and bathroom. Um, but that I, I would not recommend for your first place necessarily being the one who initiates a lease that often requires a large credit check. Um, you have to show proof of income and in your position, that may be that may be a barrier. So I would recommend finding people who are looking for roommates there who are already on the lease and then you would essentially be a subletter for a little while. Um, that way you can kind of get your feet wet in, in being out on your own, learning the ropes. You're going to make some mistakes. So, you know, make those when the when the when you're not when the fall isn't so high um, that you can't bounce back and then you don't do anything any any permanent damage to your credit or anything like that. Um, and then build up your ability to get uh, to something where you are the one on the lease. And trust me, when you get to that point, you sign that thing, it's kind of scary, but it is also kind of nice because you feel like a, a full-fledged adult. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, very good advice. I was going to say get roommates just, you know, for the sake of splitting rent, but mm -hmm. you, you have a really excellent point as well that if you don't have a credit history, um, and that means things like having a car note under your name, having a 
credit card or other evidence that you regularly pay off a debt right. um, or you even having had a utility account to your mm-hmm. name at some point in the past it can be quite hard to to jump that hurdle and i also yeah. think from a safety um and security perspective i think it's a good idea to live with people your first mm-hmm. time out of the house it's a big adjustment just to go from living with family who um you know, even if the situation is toxic, there is this underlying assumption that they've got your back. Maybe mm-hmm. they're really bad at that or they don't have your back in the way you mm-hmm. really need them to. But the assumption is they're, they're kind of there um, to living with roommates where you still have that bit of a buffer. You have people looking out for you, but you're way more independent. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's a good intermediary to living by yourself. It's actually even really good training for living eventually with a significant other, should you choose to go that route. It's oh actually my really gosh, nice yes. training. Yes. Yeah. Well, I always thought that, um, you know, at least if you're having sex with someone, it takes the edge off of roommate disputes. So if you are roommates with people you're not sleeping with and yes. you can still navigate your difficulties, then yeah, you should be fine. I agree. Having sex definitely takes the edge off. It helps with Norma and I. (laughs) (laughs) So that said, I would strongly recommend in your first apartment, do not try to resolve any of your conflicts with sex. Agreed. It is not a a currency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That said, we... uh, we should probably talk about like the logistics of moving too. Yeah. Well, um, you mentioned uh, in a little bit of expansion on your letter um, that you were okay buying cheap secondhand furniture. You didn't need a fancy lifestyle and stuff. And I think your head's in the right space, letter writer. Um, you know, you're thinking about economizing and you're thinking about what you do and don't need for a comfortable life. But I would move past things like furniture right now because those are one-time expenses. And I would make a really serious tally of your ongoing expenses because mm. those are going to be the things that get you. You know, if you move and you don't have a couch for a couple of months, you're going to be fine. But if you move and you realize as soon as you move that you never accounted for utilities in your personal budget, that's going to hit you every month. Not to mention just the types of things that uh, you may have already taken uh, taken advantage of living at home, i.e. stocked fridge. You have to feed yourself now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you're going to, I don't know what your situation was like, but there are there are certainly expenses that you, you may not have even seen growing mm. up that now you're going to be responsible for. Um, finding out those things in advance is key, and there's there are plenty of places for you to look for advice on that stuff. I mean, going to Reddit and find and asking questions is a, a really good way to to spark conversations, especially in personal finance uh, mm-hmm. subreddits. You know, there's a lot of good information there, often from uh, people who are, if not experts, they are well versed in this type of stuff. So, 
Do your Absolutely. research. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Places like personal finance. Also, um, you mentioned that you're in community college. Go see if your mm. community college has a uh, financial advisor's office or guidance counselor or yes. even just a, a general advisor's office. You'd be surprised the number of resources that they have to offer. And I think a lot of times people think of advisor's offices as mostly either focused on career guidance and or um, <laughs> emotional support, but they might have somebody who can coach you through this process as well. Um, and you might even ask if they have things like uh, message boards or community bulletin boards for people in your area, uh, other students looking for housing. So that could be a good place to start too. Absolutely. Safety in numbers there. Mm-hmm. Big time. And I, I, w- I might also just throw in one, uh, one last uh, point. Um, don't be afraid. It doesn't seem that you are, but don't be afraid to ask for help or ask questions to understand things personal finance as you know and this is one of the biggest first steps in your road toward personal finance um is not something they they ever teach you it's a it's a it's the type of thing that you kind of have to learn on your own and sometimes make mistakes and so asking questions and kind of thinking critically about your own personal finances um and seeking out the right information is just going to set you up for for success better than anything else will Yes, absolutely. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Mm -mm. And the more that you know and understand, even if you wind up not needing it right now for the next step you take, it's going to help you make better informed decisions about the steps after that. 100%. Um, Yeah. And um, my final advice to you is uh, make sure your emotional safety net is there, too. We've mostly focused on your financial situation, finding someplace that is secure, um, and uh, places you can go to help you look at your finances and, and decide on that. But if you've got a bad relationship with your family, maybe they're not the most supportive of you moving out or you don't want to have to depend upon them, uh, make sure you've got your friends around you. And uh, it sounds nice that you've you're, uh, got a boyfriend and that the relationship is strong enough that ties you to this area as well but um make sure that you're also reaching out to other friends that you don't just have one person who's responsible for cheering you on through this process because it is hard and it's scary it's stressful you're gonna feel kind of bummed out some days when you realize how expensive life Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. um you're gonna have days where it's hard you're gonna have hungry weeks sometimes um, and it really helps to have friends, to have neighbors, get to know your new neighbors when you do move out. Because I believe in you, letter writer, and I think you're going to make this big step uh, when you, you've got everything in place. Um, and when you do get to know your neighbors, get to know your roommates, get your friends around you, have them over so they know where you are. Um, talk to the people at your school and get them behind you too and make sure that you've got a whole boatload of people rooting you on because this is hard stuff yep i agree Mm -hmm. but the uh, the the fact that you're that you're asking these questions uh of us and uh probably other people i I presume means that you've already got the maturity uh and the level head to understand how to go about doing this even if you don't know what what the actual mechanism is you know how to start and i think that that's a good sign yeah, I don't need my tarot cards to tell me that you'll find yourself in your own nice little haunted cottage by the sea soon, too. Sounds lovely. Invite us over for tea. Mm.
got another letter here maybe you could give me a little bit of help with. Uh, happy to, I hope. Okay, here goes. Hester and pals, I've been single a while now, and I really would like to get back out there and find my perfect spooky partner. The problem is, I've put on some weight and do not really find myself super appealing when I walk past a mirror. I am talented and funny, but have no confidence because of my bog bod. Will I die alone? Signed, Blue in the Lagoon. Hmm. Do you mind if I take a crack? Go for it. Blue in the Lagoon. I do not think that you will die alone. In fact, I'm pretty pretty sure that won't happen to a self-described talented and funny person. The, the confidence that you need in order to get back out there is probably already there. You just have to have a little confidence in your confidence. Whether or not you feel comfortable in your body is entirely a personal and singular thing. It doesn't define who you are. And if you would like to get yourself into better shape, doing that is entirely for yourself. I wouldn't necessarily pin other happiness on this one thing because it's just one aspect of who you are. I think that you should absolutely, if you feel like it and you want to get healthier and feel better about the way you look, you should do it. But don't pin the rest of your life on that one thing because eventually you'll never be satisfied. There's never going to be a point when when you put so much stock into one aspect of your life that you work toward it that you're ever going to find satisfaction. Satisfaction comes from living a whole life, from being happy in every possible direction that you can be. And it, the fact that you, self, you describe yourself as talented and funny means that you value those things. So put those things out there now. Find Seek, seek out people who, who respect those things and appreciate those things. And then work on the other things that you'd also like to have. It's so much easier when you're feeling good to do more good for yourself. That I couldn't give better advice myself. Um, and I think it's you really hit the nail on the head when you said don't look for the satisfaction in one thing. Because I, I in my travels as an eccentric spinster, have had moments where I've thought to myself, I'll be ready to date or to uh, have this one adventure or to try this new endeavor when I've lost 10 pounds or once I get my teeth fixed or when that zit clears up. And it took me a, a while to realize that what I was feeling in those moments was I don't deserve to date or have that adventure or try that new thing until I'm perfect. Mm -hmm. And I'm never going to be perfect. Um, and the other thing is that uh, we fear rejection an awful lot. And I'm not invalidating the, the body image issues that you're struggling with because those are separate from that and they're very real. But our hearts always find ways to try and protect us from rejection. Mm -hmm. And often that results in these laundry lists of reasons why we're not quite ready to get out there yet so we basically wind up in backing ourselves into a corner where we're going well i can't date until the moon is in the fourth house of jupiter and venus is in aquarius until such a highly specific set of circumstances is met that you're basically not going to wind up dating at all which means hey you won't risk getting rejected so it's a good thing to be aware of those moments when you are either telling yourself you don't deserve to do something until something changes or you are perhaps preemptively protecting yourself from what you fear in the great outside. I agree. And I might add that using that fear, not as a barrier to what you're looking for, but as a catalyst to get you there 
is a powerful thing. Oh, it, it takes so, some yeah. it takes some difficulties and it's not always it's not going to be easy and it doesn't always work but if you can find a way to harness that fear and turn it into the energy that gets you to your goal that's a powerful thing yeah the the feeling of power over your own fate that you get when you face down a fear a fear of rejection a fear of humiliation um that could become the source of your newfound confidence. As mm-hmm. Norm already said, your confidence determines your confidence. And I know that that is, that can, obviously, if you're in a low point, that'll make you scream, what the hell, I'm trying over here. But really what it means is you clearly are confident about other things in your life. Mm-hmm. And so the good thing is you know how that feels. You can be mindful of that sensation and hold on to it. And you can start to imagine what it would feel like if you had that confidence in your appearance. Mm-hmm. Not because you've changed your appearance, but because you've learned to embrace it. And I think that once you get out there, the another big thing that I've learned about dating is the more times you get re- shot down, whether it's on an app or at a bar or show or um, a cribbage game with your mm-hmm. neighbors and the swamp thing down the road. Unholy um, rituals are yeah. rife with that moment, yes. Uh, I know. Everybody's always trying to pick people up at rights and mm. um, you know, this is this is about the goddess, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to the point at hand. So if you if you experience rejection a couple of times and you realize you still emerged from it alive, intact, and ready to try again, that emboldens you. It makes you realize, first of all, how little rejection really is personal, which sounds counterintuitive because you would think that in dating, rejection is the most personal form of rejection. You know, somebody doesn't like you yourself, but it is the stereotypical, it's not you, it's me. I mean, most of the time when you get rejected, especially early on when you're just trying to pick someone up, when you're talking to people on an app, when you're mm-hmm. cruising the rights, is that you, the, the person you're trying to pick up, the, there could be a billion and one other circumstances in their life that are the real reason why your line isn't landing with them that have nothing to do with you and you really only begin to understand that when you get out there because before you get out there the only information you have is what your anxieties tell you is true and your anxieties tell you as soon as I hit on someone they're going to see my body and they're going to think I'm disgusting and they're going to reject me specifically for that one thing and then you get out there and you realize no they rejected me because I'm wearing their weird uncle's cologne and I just didn't happen to know it or they have a really bad headache today or they already have a partner who's not there with them or they um, Mm. uh, they just have this kink where um, they prefer people with green scaly skin and you know i'm not their slice of pie that's true that's true Mm -hmm. um also to kind of pick up on that you can never tell from a first interaction where somebody is in their own life um so a rejection may just be them not just kind of projecting their own uh anxieties onto the situation but it might just be they're not looking for the type of thing that you're looking for. So a rejection might just be, you know, just you're not on, you're on parallel paths instead of intersecting paths. Mm-hmm. Nothing and wrong I with that on either part from either party. And it's not something mm-hmm. that you should ever base your, your own personal self-worth on. 
It's just mm-hmm. it's it's just how it is sometimes. Yeah, and the more you get out there, the more you'll probably have experiences on both sides of that, both Agreed. as the seeker and as the pursued, where you see from both angles how how very little it really does have to do with the Absolutely. other person often. Um, so, yeah, I think that the, it's truly one of those, the more you do it, the better you're going to feel. Mm-hmm. And um, I just have two final nibbles to send you forward with, Blue. Uh, first of all, if you do think that your weight gain has been due to depression or a health issue, uh, as our disclaimer tells you every episode, we are not doctors. And I am not going to advise you on this, but I will strongly encourage you to talk to doctor and or a mental health professional about the things that led to this. Get their take on whether it's healthy for you. Um, Because also not all weight gain is unhealthy. Uh, Recently, I was reading a health article in which somebody bemoaned the fact that we are occasionally in this culture of constantly trying to maximize one's health and health maximization is not actually necessarily the best thing for everyone. We want to be healthy, but if your entire life revolves around having the most perfect body possible, you kind of lose a lot of other things that are important to a mm-hmm. well-rounded life. Agreed. Um, I'm, I am personally a bit squishier than I have been at other points in my life, but I've been reassured by many doctors that I'm perfectly healthy. And so I try to focus my efforts on what makes me happy and makes me feel like I'm living a well-rounded life that includes looking after my body, but also enjoying experiences, whether they're food experiences or whether they're the experience of getting out and doing something active with my body. Um, the point is that it's it's about what is good for me and not about what is going to make me attractive to a hypothetical partner. And that's the final thing is you can do everything right and still not find your your spooky person. I mean, that's just the truth of life. And that's really hard sometimes. But it also removes this feeling that you're somehow a personal failure if you struggle to find your spooky partner. Mm -hmm. Um, And that doesn't mean you're going to die alone, because I think it's important to surround yourself with love, just like our last letter writer, who was dealing with a very different uh, life circumstance at a very different question. But it kind of boils down to the same thing Surround yourself with a network of love and support, because even if you have a partner, they should not be your everything. Your love should come from other sources. One of my rules of life is diversify your portfolio of happiness. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you are surrounded by friends, neighbors, coven members, townsfolk, with or without pitchforks, um, and... And others who love you dearly, you you will never die alone. I can certainly assure you of that. Well, I I I think that's the last letter. Oh no, wait, hang on. There's another under the tank here. Ah, okay, got it. Sorry. Dear Hester, I've had my cat ever since I was six. All my memories from my childhood are from a time I had him in my life. He slept in my room nearly every night since, right at the foot of my bed, or on the pillows by my head. He's turning 11 this month. He's my best friend, and I have an unmistakable, deep connection 
with him only we can understand. It's like we're attached spiritually. I feel it in my heart and to the absolute core of my being. I give him pets and head rubs all the time, keep his food and water dishes full, keep my room clean where he voluntarily spends most of his time, kiss his forehead, snuggle him, brush him. As I become more conscious of the fact that he's getting older and slowing down, I've also bought him toys and a scratch board out of my money. I make sure to give him extra love and try to play with him, though he's a little sleepy most of the time, but I still feel like it's not enough. I'm not sure it will ever be, to be honest, because he's given me so much to cherish. Do you have any ideas for what else I can do for him? I want him to know he's special and will always have the warmest place in my heart forever and ever. I need him to know. Thanks. Signed, per by me. This is such a spectacular question. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I would say... Really, it's not a question so much as a a description of what I think is one of life's biggest pleasures and one of the best feelings you can have, which is when your heart is so bursting with love that you think it must be impossible for me to fully express it because uh, there's nothing that's enough and I might just explode from it. Mm. Agreed. And, uh, you know, it seems to me that if you were to put yourself in his paws, um, that he would absolutely feel the level of uh, love and specialness and the level at which you cherish him already and everything you're already doing. Um, what more could a cat really ask for is head rubs all the time and, uh, you know, a, a person that that is affectionate uh, and playful uh, and you know, these are, these are things that, that, you know, geez, a, any person would like, let alone a, uh, a cat. Um, so I, I think could you're, really go for a head scratch now. Really and could, really could mm-hmm. some nip, could use a nice mm-hmm. nip. Um, I think you're already doing it. I wouldn't, I would not worry. Uh, just, you know, maybe keep your eyes out for other little things that you think that, that he might like. And, you know, it's, it's okay to, to, to spoil and splurge at this point in his life. Um, give him, uh, you know, the, all the comfort that you would want to give him. Uh, but I wouldn't worry about you not sh- having shown him the level of affection that you feel that he has given to you. I think it's there. Mm -hmm. I think that the best thing you can do is to just enjoy that that heart bursting feeling of love that you have, because that is really one of life's most precious feelings. Agreed. Agreed. Well, thanks for the help, Norm, and uh, for all of these packages. It's my pleasure. I'm just really glad to get that 250 uh, gallon tank out of my truck. Well, I hope I don't really anticipate needing it, but I suppose I could keep it over here for now. And uh, I think I've got a few tricks up my sleeve when it comes to abduction by beasts mm-hmm. from the sea. I, I, I think that you and the townsfolk should not be quite so worried about me. We're still going to worry. We always worry. It's what we do. We're worriers. Mm-hmm. Well, I sure am glad that I've got my own safety net around me of Salem Covers who are terribly concerned about my safety and or the uh, successful completion of their Halloween plans. Yes, that's very important. Um, We rely on you for literally all of our life choices. 
So please beware the beast from the sea. Well, it sounds like that's about all the advice that I can give for this week's episode (laughs) of We Should Split Up. Frightful advice for spooky people. Thanks for listening to We Should Split Up, Frightful Advice for Spooky People. Are you frightfully in need of advice? Send your questions to frightadvice at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We Should Split Up is available everywhere podcasts lurk. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fright Advice or visit frightadvice.com where you can subscribe to the Salem Cove newsletter. If you're experiencing a mental health emergency, there are people who care and want to help you. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. In this week's episode, Hester Doyle appears as herself. Tom Kayaza appears as Norm the Aggressively Normal Postman. Check out his podcast, The Middle Bits. Our lovely logo was created by Maya Renfro. Our theme music is Die in a Fire by Menage a Garage. Sound effects shared by the generous audiophiles of freesound.org. Play nice, schoolies. When will it get better? When will it get worse? You never know. What if the answer's never? What if you've been cursed? When will it get better? When will it get worse? Should you check the weather? Should you call a Can't later. Mm-hmm. I'll read the can't later. You can't later? Mm-hmm. Yes, we should answer this question like this. Yes. <laughs>